Welcome to episode 29 of the Creative Life Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Andrews, writer, author, editor, poet, blogger, publisher, and podcaster. Today's episode is about Patreon. Uh, For those of you who need a little bit of introduction about it, uh, Patreon works as an ongoing crowdfunding platform. It helps fans and supporters support their Um, creative favorites while offering those artists a stable and user-friendly platform on which to facilitate this model of earning money while engaging with that very same fan base. A lot of artists are doing very well on it, others are new to it and still building themselves up there as they become accustomed to the platform and how they choose to run their, their Patreon pages. Then there are other people out there, such as myself, who have gone through the initial setup stage, uh, then gone live, and then might be sort of sitting around going, okay, now what? Uh, Say, if the patrons aren't coming in like you'd hoped, you might be asking yourself, have I done something wrong? Do I need to make some messaging tweaks? Am I not offering the right rewards? Am I not promoting the fact that I'm on there enough uh, and many other similar questions. This episode is inspired by personal reasons as most of them are because I am on Patreon and I have asked myself those same questions. Part of my interest in setting up this very podcast in the first place was to explore my interest in trying to make uh, a career in the arts sustainable and by sustainable I mean in several ways Uh, emotional stability is very important and I've already touched on those on that on in previous episodes so for example starting with episode one uh, one of the most listened to ones yet uh, five ways to make time for creativity when you're tired then there was also for example episode 17 self-confidence and introversion in the arts and episode 22 balance is the key to sustainability but this episode will be uh, themed more around monetary sustainability and whether patreon may be an option a good option for some artists now i'll be honest as i always am uh, i'm still finding my way uh, over um, at patreon i'm still figuring out how it can sit best among the various other ventures and projects that i run and i haven't allocated I don't think the 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 amount of band, mental bandwidth, let's call it that, uh, to maybe doing better on there, uh, in as it competes with other things in my life. Um, but I must say that in putting together this episode, uh, that it has provided me an opportunity, especially since it has been a few months in the making, and I'll explain a bit more why later. So, and in talking with people and thinking about it I have I think I have made some some inroads as to what I might be able to do but anyway as I said I I think I thought that the best thing to do rather than talking about my experiences so far was to talk to other artists about their experiences on there and to give their tips and advice and uh, which has been very good for me and I hope it will be uh, very helpful for you as well as whether or not you're already on there or considering joining so just to explain how I've edited this episode uh, is that I will briefly introduce each writer before turning turning over um, to them to talk about their own experiences briefly. And at the end of the show and in the show notes, whether you're listening to this on my website or SoundCloud or iTunes, I will leave links to um, 
each artist's profile, Patreon profiles as well. So let's get started. Shamini Kumar is a theatre and filmmaker at 24 Carat Productions, which has been producing independent theatre since 2011, including Two Gentlemen, The Complete Works of Shakespeare, The Importance of Being Earnest, Shakespeare in Therapy, and The Margins of Persuasion. Hi, uh, my name is Shamini, and I uh, make film and theatre, and I live in Melbourne. Um, I first found out about Patreon would have been several years ago and I don't remember exactly who it was that introduced me to the idea but I'm pretty sure it was an artist probably a musician um, that I followed that was putting out a call for um, supporters donators patrons through patreon and that's how I first found out about it I'm new to patreon I've only just um, been on there for uh, about a month with my production company called 24 Carat Productions Um, and I decided only about three months ago that it was what I wanted to do. I've been sort of tossing up different funding models um, in terms of getting supporters involved with that side of things, Um, and to me the two different options were something that that was a project-based funding, so for each project that you do, you um, raise money and offer rewards for that, or um, something like Patreon, which is month by month. And I decided to go with the month by month option just because I wanted to be able to present the stuff that I do as having some unifying themes and hoping that people who are interested in what we do will be um, interested long term and not need to be asked at the start of each project if that's something they're going to want to be interested in. So it's obviously a bit of a gamble, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to see how that pans out. Uh, I think it was relatively easy to set up because it is based in the US. There are a few uh, sort of legal slash tax hurdles in terms of just filling out forms um, that are necessary and, and, and all the pledges and things come through in American dollars, which is... Uh, just a thing to be aware of really Um, I think if you're interested in it talk to the people who uh, are your supporters already and see how they feel about it see how um, compare it to other things that other things that are out there and look at the website itself um, to see how you feel about the way that they present things I think it's relatively easy to start the process of setting up the account without having to publish it. And then you, if you decide it's 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 not for you, then it, you can pull out at, at some point. Um, yeah, I think the best thing about it for me so far, and, and as I say, I'm really early into this process, has been uh, the people who are willing to support on a monthly basis and uh, that's really encouraging for what I'm doing Um, and it's a fairly user-friendly platform in terms of using the website so I think those are the two best things about it so far. One of Sharmini's important points there was to talk to people who are already your supporters 
in that initial stage. Uh, that is something I did not do and perhaps I should have. And I think that my rationale behind that was because I did run a successful possible campaign and so I thought that the rewards tiers that were over there would transfer relatively smoothly over to Patreon and um, thus far that hasn't appeared to be the case. So, yeah, just um, that was one thing that I probably couldn't have known until now is that that something that might work on one platform may not necessarily mean it will be a slam dunk in another, even though I know that is a fact on other social media channels. But social media is one thing and crowdfunding is another. But definitely, yeah, you have to think about lots of things. And this this uh, piece of advice uh, of Sharmini's has uh, also been um, reiterated by the uh, next guest, who is Jemima Halbert. And Jemima is from Underground Writers, a resource for new and emerging writers. They publish a quarterly zine featuring the best new short fiction, poetry, flash fiction, and reviews by writers from Australia and around the world. Hello, my name is Jemima Halbert. I'm a writer and editor based in Melbourne, and I run the Underground Writers Creative Writing Zine. Uh, I'm talking today about uh, how we use Patreon to fund uh, paying our writers for our zine. Uh, we first started using Patreon in uh, about January 2017. Um, we found out about it because uh, I'd been looking at different kinds of ways of uh, sustainably funding the zine to pay our writers who submit to us. Uh, that we publish. Um, I'd looked at a few other uh, sort of crowdfunding type websites such as Kickstarter and Posible and uh, Gumroad and a few others. Um, the problem I found with ones like Posible and Kickstarter is that they're sort of they're for one-off um, type projects and we release issues four times a year every three months. So I needed something that was a bit more sort of sustainable and um, long-term um, that we could continue earning money with each month or every three months sort of thing. So um, I started off by running a, a possible campaign at the end of 2016. I was aiming to get about $3,000 to uh, support the zine through 2017 um, and the campaign was not successful. <laughs> it was a very good learning experience, but it didn't work out. Um, but then I moved on to Patreon after that, and that has been much more successful. Um, we have been on Patreon since the start of 2017, so we, um, have, we have a sort of small dedicated circle of supporters who have been uh, on there since we launched it um, and it's it's been really good that's probably the best part of Patreon is that um, people who are really passionate about what you do and really support you can do so in quite an easy well set out way um, and they can you know choose how much what what rewards to um, to get and how much to to support you for and they can change it month to month or year to year or whatever they like um, and it's great for us because we can like, reward them and show our appreciation for what they do for us in supporting us 
Um, it wasn't too difficult to set up the Patreon. Um, I would say if I was to do it again, I probably would do a little bit more consultation with the people that I knew were going to support us from the beginning um, and ask them sort of what rewards would they be interested in getting. For example, um, some Patreon people, Patreon users, uh, tweet the, the names of the people who support them weekly or once a month or whatever um, as a show of appreciation and some people quite like things like that other people don't really care at all so uh, we it would it's, it's best to uh, curate your rewards to the people who are supporting you and what they actually value um, so we're about to do a bit of an overhaul of our reward system um, and just just to update it and add some new things and hopefully attract a few more supporters um, because we'd really love to grow our supporter base so we can keep supporting young Australian writers. The next guest is Eloise Grills. Eloise is a Melbourne-based illustration and comics artist, writer and poet. Hi, my name is Eloise. I'm a writer and comics artist living in Melbourne. I write a lot of graphic narratives, um, memoir, essays, illustrated works, just basically anything that uh, explores the intersection between writing and art. I first found out about Patreon via listening to podcasts. Many podcast makers use Patreon to be able to monetize their work and to be able to fund making more podcasts. Um, and then I saw some other Melbourne comics artists doing it, like Rachel Ang and um, the Sydney-based comics artist Humyara. Mabub, um, quite a few of those around, and I thought I used to use Tiny Letter to disseminate my work, which is a platform similar to MailChimp where you send out um, a newsletter, but there's no real way of monetizing that, so I decided to transfer over to Patreon just so I could make a little bit of money, so I could cover my art expenses because art materials are quite expensive. Yeah, so I just decided it was a suitable platform because it was an ideal way to kind of capture the audience that I already had through Tiny Letter and it was a way of engaging people and um, allowing people to give me a little bit of support for my work in a way that isn't kind of awkwardly asking, you know, oh, what are your bank details? Um, and it's a way of giving people rewards. So I have a lot of rewards through my Patreon, including zines. Um, there's one tier where you can get a book at the end of the year, prints and things like that. So I really, really want people to be able to receive things and benefit from supporting my Patreon and not just have it be, you know, handing over $5 a month or whatever and not seeing anything in return. Um, I've only been on Patreon since the start of the year. It was kind of a New Year's resolution to start taking my work seriously and to think of my work just as something that, you know, it is actually work and I spent a lot of time doing it and therefore it's something that I would prefer to not necessarily do for free all the time. It wasn't very difficult to get set up. Um, I'm I really like designing websites and visual things and stuff like that, so for me it was pretty fun. Um, 
I guess my advice to give creators I don't know I think I had a bit of an inbuilt audience for my Patreon through my Instagram and my Twitter and my tiny letter um, and through publishing around and stuff so I think Patreon doesn't really work unless you're already engaging with people and I think you have to put in a bit of hard yards before you can ask people to pay you which is I think the same in most industries um, I mean most creative industries the best thing about it I think is I guess it really motivates me to create things it motivates me to make zines it motivates me to create content and to engage with my audience because if I don't I feel bad for taking people's money what I really love about Eloise's story is how uh, a new year's resolution to take her work more seriously has now really uh, been beneficial for her uh, as an as an artist and it's really interesting to hear people's stories about transferring from one uh, means of content delivery to another and which ones are better able to uh, facilitate and maximize uh, money making uh, potential so uh, moving from tiny letter over to patreon uh, is makes like really good sense to me and um, I'm really glad to see that um, that that successes has paid off the next guest is Claire Connolly who is an award-winning freelance journalist and lead writer of Renegade Inc specializing in economics politics finance and tech she has written in publications which include the AFR, the Saturday Paper, ABC, SBS, New Matilda and others. Hi, my name is Claire Connolly. I'm a journalist living in regional New South Wales and I'm currently writing a book focusing on the myths of money and history that has led to the current political crisis. Uh, Claire, can you tell me when it was you first found out about Patreon? Gosh, I've been using Patreon for almost two years now, maybe even three years. I can't remember how I first stumbled across it. I think it was set up by um, a, a band that existed in sort of 2009, 2010 called Pomplamoose. And they were kind of one of the first um, YouTubers to produce their own music and it was this multi-layered sort of quasi-electronic music um, and they played all of their own instruments and layered it on top of each other um, and I guess it was quite unique at the time although it, it has become more and more popularized since then um, and actually the founder of that band went on to found Patreon and I'm fairly sure Pomplamoose was one of the first bands that I decided to support financially so that they could afford to put together an album and tour. And um, it, Patreon has advertised itself as a way for creatives to earn money and build up an audience um, for a variety of different industries from music to journalism to podcasting and comic books. Um, and I've been a freelance journalist for almost seven years and I started it as a means to basically monetize my downtime to ensure that I was always filing at least once a week and you know when it was quiet and when I was a little strapped for cash I was trying to ensure that all of my work was in some way earning me a living. 
And what advice would you give to uh, creators or writers uh, thinking about setting up their own Patreon? I guess for Patreon, the way that I have used it and, and the way that some of my other colleagues have used it, my advice would be to think about the kind of rewards you want to offer. Um, I've split mine into thinking about what people want and what they're prepared to pay. Um, I offer three tiers. You can access my exclusive content on its own for a dollar a month. I also put together a newsletter once a week, um, and that contains everything from what I'm listening to, reading about, um, watching, um, all sorts of different multimedia that I've been looking at across the week and compiling it into a newsletter along with an exclusive, and that's about $4.50 a month. And then I also have an ebook offering of all of everything that I've written um, for 2016 and 2017 in ebook format, along with the book that I'm currently working on. And you can support me for, for $10 a month. Um, so I, I've really tried to experiment with tiered payment options. Um, some other users simply offer a flat rate. I mean, it really depends on what you're doing. Um, but I guess it's people want to feel as though they're not just supporting you, they're getting something back for their money. Um, so that's something to think about. And obviously um, having a comprehensive overview of, of why it is that you're doing this also helps because it's not about necessarily the work that you're crea creating, it's also about you and who you are because people are not just investing in your work, they're investing in, in you and your credibility, whether you're a podcaster or a musician or a journalist. One of Claire's big tips, and uh, this is what I teach in uh, my blogging classes as well, it's one of the first exercises <laughs> that I do when I teach in these workshops, is when um, Claire says to think about your why. I always get people to think about their why, what their purpose is, and whether that is a big macro level, big whys, or it could be uh, specific to uh in this case, Patreon, Patreon, why anything that you could do um, should have some definite uh, intent behind it, and and knowing that can really help. Knowing your why can then really help uh, decision making, for example, and it establishes boundaries, and it can really refine what it is that you're wanting to achieve. Achieve. And some people's whys can and can change over the years, but uh, and that's fine. Uh, my why on my blog, for example, has changed over the years. So, but so long as I think you communicate that to your supporters or your patrons or or your readers, for that matter, then that then that is that that really uh, helps um, the transparency of of your uh, intent and. and sort of helps people understand where you're coming from and whether or not they may choose to continue to read you if it's a blog or support you as well but you really got to stay true to to what your why is my next guest is ginger gorman ginger is an award-winning print and radio journalist whose freelance work has been published in such places as the guardian the age and daily life g'day my name is ginger gorman and i'm a social justice journalist based in canberra australia I first found out about Patreon a couple of years ago now 
a few people just sent me a link to various different Patreon pages and I guess they had the thought that I might like to start crowdfunding. I have to say though, in the first instance, I felt very squeamish about the idea. I didn't like the idea of putting my hat out, so to speak, and asking people to throw money into it. Over time, however, I realised that you know, traditional models of funding journalism are disappearing and that someone like me who wanted to undertake really gruelling investigative work on important social justice issues like domestic violence, LGBTI rights, disability that take months and months would need various sources of income. So despite my misgivings, I actually set up a page and I set that page up in about April 2017 and it was really more an experiment than anything and I have to say it was quite easy to set up. A friend of mine did some little videos for me and videos really help you get patrons. If I was giving people advice on what to do and how to set up a page, I would say definitely do videos and because it really helps people connect to you and to connect to your work. And I would also remind people that you really have to push it a lot. So you have to push it on social media. You have to push it on all your channels to get people to support you. I generally have around the 40 patrons mark. I don't push it that hard. But, you know, I absolutely love it. Not so much even for the money, but just because I've got a team of people behind me. So when I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling alone in my work or I'm struggling with something, I know that I've got this team of people behind me. For example, I'm writing a book at the moment on cyber hate. It's very hard. It's mentally taxing. It takes a lot of time. And knowing that those people are barracking for me is just the most wonderful feeling. And I'd say for sure that's been the best thing about it. Like it really doesn't hurt that uh, several hundred dollars drops into my bank account every month but it's really the idea that I've got that team behind me that works for me. I echoed uh, Ginger's comments when um, when recommending to do videos. I think for me uh, when I am perusing Patreon and, and Patreon and looking at other artists, video is such a powerful uh, medium and I'm realizing that not everybody is comfortable uh, using a video and being in front of the camera and um, I understand that but you don't need to be in front of the camera you could do a voiceover and especially for an artist you can visual artist you can um, show a portfolio of your work while you're talking there are other ways there are creative ways to to do put things together and and yes and a lot of people and I just also want to say that Pushing it and being sque- coming overcoming that squeamishness of promoting something uh, on social media, be it a Patreon account or a book you've got coming out or an article, uh, can can take some getting used to. But I really do feel like you can't not think about it anymore, and you certainly can't really avoid it totally. So I think anybody who does it with a little bit of practice can come to uh, a, a sort of a, a compromise not a compromise but just a comfortable um, 
way of doing it and, and thinking about okay this is I'm ha- this is what I'm happy doing and th- everybody being on Patreon as well and I think uh, if you heard so far and you will for more stories to come that it establishes a pride as well and I think that it having those people behind you gives you the confidence to then go well maybe yes I should talk about this more or I should promote myself more. Why shouldn't I? I am doing valuable work. As you can see, that like those patrons, the, the, the numbers that you're earning is proof of, um, of, that, of that dedication that you, you are um, providing. My last guest, Louise Omar, is a writer who has been published in The Guardian, The Australian and The Saturday Paper and was shortlisted for the Scribe Nonfiction Prize. My name is Louise Omer and I'm a writer. I'm currently travelling through Europe and different parts of the world to research my first book. It's called Holy Woman and it's a narrative non-fiction exploring ways different women in different countries engage with patriarchal religion. I first heard about Patreon maybe one or two years ago when um, writers that I admire were talking about using it. Um, so it seemed like a really interesting way not to just earn a crust, but also to engage with an audience, um, and acknowledge, I guess, encounter them in different ways, because often you can sort of like be tapping away on your laptop and then send it off. And then I guess people read it on their screens, but you don't really get much reaction, but this is not just a way of, um, earning some money, but really seeing what people like and respond to. When did I decide it might be a suitable platform for my work? Well, you know what? Girls gotta eat. Um, I realised as I left Australia in November last year with $500 in my pockets, so barely any savings really, um, I realised that it was probably a good idea to uh, grow multiple income streams So I'm a freelance writer and I have articles published in The Australian and The Guardian as well as other outlets. Um, I work very hard at that, but um, it doesn't pay hugely well. And also I just needed more money. So I realised that this would be a really cool way of um, earning earning money that's regular because uh, the writers I spoke to, about earlier, Laurie Penny, Amy Gray. Sort of the the discussion online about Patreon is is uh, claiming that it's a regular, dependable income stream. When if you're a freelance writer, unless you have really good cash flow management, it can be very frustrating waiting for an invoice to be paid um, that is owed to you that might be like a month or two old, and you're like you really need to pay some bills. Secondly, I I also realised that. Um, like my story and the book that I'm writing is themes about women and religion and spirituality. It actually touches on some deeper thoughts for a lot of people that I've met. And so I realized this story isn't about just me and that people would want to read what I'm going to create, which is very exciting. But it also means that they can, this is a way that they can get on board with that and get alongside of me. I've been on Patreon about two months and I've received two payouts, which are excellent 
ways to wake up in the morning, especially when you wake up in the morning and maybe or maybe not check your bank account. Um, so I just, as soon as it came in, I bought my ticket to the next country that I'm visiting. So I definitely rely on it and I definitely time um, my bills, etc., to rely on the Patreon payouts. Well, I will say uh, the setup situation was very easy and I really appreciated the clean website and the videos explaining the concept to me and secondly the customer service response is quite good I would like recommend Patreon for that reason alone um, but really uh, and this is to do with the videos as well because they explain the concept quite well it's actually quite about a paradigm shift especially for me and this is something that um, aspiring creators could take on as well. It's about your identity. So you have to believe that your work is worth paying for. You have to move past the apologizing stage. Um, please, can I just like, I really, I'm struggling a bit. Can you please help me? Um, no, you're not a charity. You're a business. Well, this is how I'm managing myself. I'm a business. This isn't even exchange. People give me money and therefore I give them work my work has value and this is the big paradigm shift that I'm talking about that um is actually quite helpful it was uh, a almost a period of growth for me to acknowledge that my writing is work it's not just something that I do on the side I am a full-time writer I deserve a living wage for this what has been the best thing about it well, I mean, first it's enabled me to go on this incredible adventure, which I'm very, very privileged to do so. I've travelled through Ireland, Sweden, Bulgaria, now I'm in Turkey, next week I'm going to Scotland, and I assure you I will go beyond um, white Europe, but that's, this is my first stage. Um, so I'm very privileged to be able to do this, and um, the second part of the best thing about this adventure is that as well as it being amazing and exciting it also makes me feel a little bit alone because I'm away from my communities I move to a new place every one or two weeks um, I've been so welcomed by like the most interesting characters <laughs> that you can imagine but yeah I'm often sitting at a desk organising, researching, tapping away at my laptop for hours on end. Um, and then when I open my door and go outside, I'm in a country where I don't speak much of the language, and so that can be very isolating. I feel very alone. What Patreon gives me, and my matrons, which is my name for them, not patrons, matrons, because this project is about women, and most of my supporters are women, I the great the great thing about my matrons is that um, they give me the feeling of support. They give me solidarity, like they make me feel like they are behind me, alongside of me. That like they care about what I'm producing. I um, I also I do regular rewards. So this is an important part of the Patreon process. Actually, is to make sure you're making good work and providing that to people. I do that regularly and it means you have to create deadlines for yourself, which is another useful thing to generate small amounts of work. Um, it's almost like the way blog, blogging used to 
used to act. Yeah, so it allows me to make good work for for people and, and when I send out my newsletter or my posts or I've just been making some postcards which are kind of fun. I put little stickers on them sometimes. When people respond to me and say they received it and they like my work or just an idea or engage with it, it's the most exciting way of engaging with your readers. So yeah, I feel like Patreon gives me support and solidarity and it encourages me to know that my work is worth something. I really like Louise's point about uh, it being a good idea to grow multiple income streams. That was always my intent when I established, or when I started making money off my blog. I knew that that, and which is just kind of come to pass actually. That that kind of bubble of the mummy blogging world was, and the rise and fall of that. Uh, was going to happen and so I knew pretty early that even though that was really nice I wanted to make money in various ways like not to to use the old cliche not to put all your eggs in one basket so the blog was nice and the blog was for a couple years maybe two or three years the primary way I made money but when I put more and more books out and started getting speaking gigs and starting to be engaged to teach workshops all those other things started to um, take over and so then I accordingly uh, prioritized my time around those I mean it just makes it made more sense really Uh, not that the blog became irrelevant and not that is not the case at all but uh, there was certainly a, a, a shift that had to happen so, yeah, I think that – and it comes back to the point, I think, as well, that Claire made about knowing what your why is, and that helps me. Um, it's that filter through which I look through. Uh, and speaking of Claire, uh, I she made one really good point at the end of our conversation, and I wanted to cut it in here as, just as I was uh, finishing off the episode because I think it's a really nice uh, summary of, of what – what freelancers are, are, are facing in, in this in this world and, and what how we can have more agency as to how we uh, navigate our um, our career uh, navigate through our careers. So um, here we go. You know, it's really tough out there in freelance land and freelance budgets have been cut and part of this project for me is to demonstrate that there is another way to produce public interest journalism. And I would hope to try and move the needle a little bit with regards to providing data for media outlets about the kind of content that people want. Because I guess part of the reason that I joined Patreon is because I couldn't find a market for my audience, but I knew it was out there. So I'm earning, you know, between a couple of hundred dollars a month that a publication could be paying for and an audience they could be paying for, but are choosing not to for, for one reason or another. And I think if media, and it's obviously in in a pretty vulnerable state right now, and I really think that it's important for industry to be looking at these kind of platforms and understanding what it says about what readers want, not necessarily to to use these platforms themselves, 
but certainly to maybe help inform the future of how they decide to commission content. Again, I hope you enjoyed those stories and experiences of today's podcast guests. I want to offer my thanks again to them all uh, by leaving uh, you, um, yes, leaving you links to where you can find them. Claire Connolly is at patreon.com forward slash Claire Connolly, C-L-A-I-R-E-C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Underground Writers is at patreon.com underground writers. Eloise is at patreon.com forward slash grillzoid, G-R-I-L-L-Z-O-I-D. Shamani uh, at 24 Carat Productions is at patreon.com forward slash 24 digits 24 Carat Productions. Uh, Ginger is at patreon.com forward slash Ginger Gorman, G-I-N-G-E-R-G-O-R-M-A-N. And Louise Omer is at patreon.com forward slash Holy Woman. My own Patreon link, I would be remiss not to put it down, I think, after all of that, is at patreon.com forward slash Karen Andrews. And at the end of each podcast episode, the usual call to action I give is to ask people to subscribe to the podcast or leave a, uh, leave a review if they were so interested. But today I'm going to ask you something else. If uh, you could please give this episode some share love on your favorite social media channels, uh, particularly if you think it would be beneficial to um, fellow creatives. Uh, perhaps consider becoming a patron to someone whose work has touched you or made an impact on you if they are on Patreon. Producing work, such as a podcast like this, or, or anything really can be a challenge. I hinted at the beginning of the show that this episode took a while to put together. And that's true because the reason is that I have had a run of being unwell this year and there was a death in my family. And I try to have contingency plans in place for when things like that happen. But when you work independently, when you work solo, sometimes things just have to be put on pause and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, but that's also when a little bit of money can make a big difference. As ever, thanks for listening. Until next time, take care. <laughs>